This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbein, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts today. We're gearing up for the Philadelphia Eagles Week 8 it's a it's a tough matchup in Philly, a city that is absolutely burning hot right now in the sports world. Ooh, excuse me. But the Steelers still have hope. They're coming off of a tight loss in Miami. A lot to break down, especially offensively. We're going to get into Calvin Austin and his likely not return. Chase Claypool's words on the offense and a little bit of Matt Canada and what we could expect from him moving forward. But it's a gloomy day here in the Berg. It's uh kind of feels like fall kind of feels like we're approaching that it's about to be dark and just tiring for the next six months. But I kind of like that. Won't lie to you. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Um, yeah, you know me. I don't, I don't mind the cold, but this rain I could, I could do without. Um, and also yeah. the like getting dark at seven o'clock or six thirty. Don't care for that either. Don't care no. for that one bit. I was driving, so I had to, I had to make uh impromptu trip back to my parents' house who live in Scranton, Pennsylvania yesterday. And we were driving back. We left at quarter to eight at night. And it was, it wasn't even like kind of dark. Like it was pitch black when we left. And then it just continued to get darker. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing to get dark at eight o'clock or get dark at seven o'clock. And you're like, all right, well, you know, it's starting to get dark. It was six 15 and you were just like, there's absolutely no sun outside. And it feels like it's midnight. Those are the worst drives. I will not lie to you. But it's only going to get worse until when does the start, sun start coming back up? Like June? Yeah. So we got totally. eight months. Eight months. That's not bad. Uh, it's, it's only not, not too long. No, no. It's only half, more than half the year. But we're almost there. We're yeah. almost there. Um, to make things worse, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and five. They're one of, I believe, four teams that are two and five right now. They currently hold the seventh pick in the NFL draft. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Things are starting to happen. As of today, by the end of today, Calvin Austin will officially be shut down for the rest of the season. Mike Tomlin made it pretty clear that he's not coming back. You could you could look at that as he's not healthy. You could look at that as he's just not ready. He's a fourth-round rookie. He's not prepared enough. He's missed a lot of football. Either way, big news. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are pretty upset about that. Honestly, I think it it's not the – I wouldn't say it's the right move but it's an understandable move. And I think one that a lot of us 
saw coming. Yeah, um, I was at Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday, and the sense I got from him, and you know, he chooses his words very carefully, but the sense I got from him was not that Calvin Austin isn't healthy. Uh, it was more the preparation part. Um, yeah, this guy hasn't played an NFL football game ever. Like we're in, we're in week eight of his week eight, week nine. We're in week nine. Yeah, yeah of his return. Oh, we we're in week eight of the week season. eight of the regular yeah, season. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, there yeah. have been this. Pittsburgh Steelers have played 11 football games and Calvin during Calvin Austin's rookie year, he hasn't played in any of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's barely even, he, you know, just got back to practice a few weeks ago. Like there, this is a process, um, you know, coming back from an injury is one thing, but then having to pick up the playbook almost from scratch um, is a completely another. And to jump on a moving train like this at this point in the season, that's asking a lot of, of anyone, particularly a rookie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Tomlin's words are this guy hadn't played in the stadium yet anyways. He hasn't played in a preseason stadium, so it's more about his development with him. That's the perspective I have. I'm just being realistic. I I agree with that. You know, like you can't – it'd be one thing if he was a first-round pick and Mike Tomlin was holding back their top rookie when this team is trying desperately to find some light on offense and, you know, the the quarterback situation, especially if it was Kenny Pickett, like if Mitch Trubisky was playing poorly and Mason Rudolph didn't have many believers in him. But it's Calvin Austin in a wide receiver room that is already pretty filled. You know, you got Deontay, you got Chase Claypool, you got George Pickens. You're not really looking to add a fifth guy out there. Steven Sims is your punt returner. Gunnar Olszewski is fine to fill in. You're not going to get rid of Miles Boykin. He's probably your best special teamer. It just feels like there was no place for Calvin Austin. And it stinks because you wanted to see what the fourth round rookie could bring to this offense. But at the same time, you know, those expectations couldn't have been too high. Nobody should, should have been looking at this guy. Like he's going to be the savior of Kenny Pickett or, you know, his injection of speed is going to be absolutely insane to the point where it turns this entire team around. Like he might catch a pass or two a game max. There might be games where he's inactive, you know, he might take on a little bit of punt and kick return ability, but Steven Sims looks like he did a fine job in his game when he did that. So it, it just, it's a guy that, yeah, it stinks what happened to him, but at the same time, like, you know, how high was that ceiling in a rookie for a rookie who's a fourth round pick and hasn't played in an NFL game yet? I would say it's, it's like incredibly low, incredibly low. So you can't be too beat up on it. Do you think that this has any impact in his position with the team moving forward? I, I've seen a lot of people compare it to Anthony McFarland of last year where, you know, he was set to be like that number two. He looked really good and then he got hurt right before the season started and then he was barely active the rest of the year. A lot of people are trying to compare it to him. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Um, I think you just haven't you haven't seen him play football before. I don't think you can you can say that at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I think you actually have to have to actually see him on a field before you can you can qualify it that way. I, like obviously his you know kind of timeline has been set back, but it, it it feels way 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 too early to me to completely count out this guy who's like barely even barely even stepped on a field like a practice field. Um, yep. Like I. I don't know. I don't think you need to rush this at all and like speed up his timeline just because you're a little you're a little desperate for for something new on offense or for some kind of kickstart on offense, you know? Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. I think that this has nothing. Like you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers offense as a whole. It's just so bad right now that next year you're pretty much starting over as it is. Everybody's going to be brand new to most likely a scheme, you know, new guys on, on a number of positions. I would imagine that the NFL draft loads up on the offense. You know, it's just going to be so much new that you can't really look at a guy like Calvin Austin and say, oh, man, well, we didn't get him involved this year, so it means that he's not going to be ready next year. Like, nobody's going to be ready for what happens next year because it's going to be so much different than what it is right now. So I, I just look yeah. at him and, yeah, it's it's a tough loss, especially for the Steelers and, and an offense that desperately needs some type of spark, but – I truly just don't think that Austin was going to be a guy that came in here and provided a spark big enough to really like change anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers future. Yeah. And to justify throughout, like, again, he's again, I don't think it was Tomlin's Tomlin, like kind of gave the impression that it wasn't his health. That's the issue. Like, that's what gives me faith that it's not going to be an Anthony McFarland situation that it's like, he will get a chance to start over with a clean slate next year. I think. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn the offense. You got to get an opportunity to play in the preseason, improve yourself. And if he could do that, which I, I have full faith that he will, then I think a lot of things change in 2023. But right now, that's the end of Calvin Austin's season. It's a tough one, but it's one that the Steelers, I think, had in the back of their minds this entire time as he approached his return, just because he really would have had to come out here and show like, yeah, I'm so ready to play football again and be a contributor and chances of that happening. were just very, very slim. All right, let's talk about chase Claypool and his words on the offense, Matt Canada's future and what we could expect from him. But first we got a word from our boys over at true classic football is back baby. And our new sponsor, true classic wants you to look and feel your best. Even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football weekend. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothes a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So, if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, the least you can do is look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find their perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners today get access to the best deal they offer for a limited time only. Get 25% off with our code ALLSTEALERS at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few extra beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. I got the hat. I'm rocking the new shirt today. It's my new favorite gym outfit by a mile. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for the male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how soft it is. The colors are primed too, and you can even match your team of choice. True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. They are your one-stop shop for men's essentials. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with the pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable, all of their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. They also have this dope pack builder on their website where you can custom bundle all of their essential products and save even more than the discount we're offering you today. 
And for any of the defensive sized players out there, they have long body options for the tall guys and up to three XL on their staple colors. Whether you have abs or flabs, their clothes look great on all body types. Let's stop beer belly shaming with better clothes. Men, let's be team players here. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and help your friends out by telling them about these tees as well. From Tall Steves, Active Pauls, Average Gregs, True Classic has your back. It's about time you get your fit together. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with our code ALLSTEALERS. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with our code ALLSTEALERS. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's True Classic. True Classic. Look good. Feel good. I will say that I got some new True Classic. I uh, needed some new gym shirts, so I ordered some. And uh, I haven't taken them off in three days. So <laughs> they're not bad. They're not that's, bad. That's All a right. good review. That's a good, right? Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I was, I did get another trucker hat though. Cause I'm a big, tr- I'm a big hat in the gym kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. And also very, very nice. Although I wore it in the sauna trucker hats do not have the same effect as normal, like Nike golf hats. In the sauna, okay. whereas the back where the little clip thing is, uh-huh. it becomes a billion and 10 degrees and you're just sitting in there just like, oh, my God, I think plastic Shit. is melting to my head. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it gets a little aggressive. But besides that, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 have no regrets, no regrets. Huge people. People come up to me all the time. Actually, it's kind of crazy. They're like, yo, dude, you got those some true classics. I'm like, how do you know this? What are you <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right. Chase Claypool had some words on the Steelers offense. I think that it was something to be addressed after the Steelers lost to Miami. Um, Nothing. I don't think anything super major, but two, two choice words, two choice comments on the offense. The first one was about deep balls. We need more go balls like, damn, not enough go balls. We've got the playmakers. I haven't had a go ball all year. George Pickens needs more. Deontay Johnson needs more. I'm not saying that's all on the play calling. I'm just saying we need to find a way to scheme it up. So that that I took as I'm not calling out Matt Canada, but who else are you possibly calling out there? And then the second one is it's, it's a little hard to score. Oh, there's three. Actually, it's a little hard to score when it's like a 10, 15 play drive because everything has to go right. If you're nickel and diming, you get five yards per play, which is fine for the time of possession, but it's also something we want to go score now. Then he followed that up by saying, I mean, I feel like I've heard every week, are you close? How close are we? I think it's too late in the season to be close to anything. I think if we're close, we've got to get there next week. I took all of that as I'm not calling out the offense. I'm not naming anybody in particular, but we stink as a group and we're hitting desperation time. What did you take of Chase Claypool's comments there? Yeah, we can like tackle that first one. Um, Like you don't even need to, that doesn't even require any interpretation. Like I, I'm not blaming the play calling, but we need to scheme up more deep balls. Like that, that's blaming the play calling. Like it's, Yeah, like we need to scheme them up. That is that is play calling. So, yeah, at a you know to a certain level, I appreciate Chase Claypool because he's the most honest person in the Steelers locker room. Like he will say whatever is on his mind. 
especially when it comes to the offense. He will not mince words. Um, But like at this point, you don't need to, you don't really need to uh, kind of mince your words like that. Like you don't really need to keep adding this caveat about like, Oh, we actually all still love each other. Like this is, we're all very happy with how things are going. Like we know, we know you're not happy with it. Like that's, that's fine. We all know, like, whoever you think is at fault, we all kind of know what the deal is. We all kind of know that a bunch of people are unhappy with this. So, yeah, he definitely was blaming the play calling there. Do that, you that, do think you that think that that good. do you think that they're all upset at Matt Canna? Do you think that they all are? I would say as upset as the fan bases at Matt Canada. No, because I don't think anyone can be more upset at Matt Canada than the Steelers <laughs> fan bases. But I, I do think uh, maybe it's just weird because it's gotten more. I feel like it's gotten more the kind of direct criticism coming from the locker room has been more muted over the past couple of weeks. Like kind of ever since Kenny got in, quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, than it was during those first few weeks. Um, kind of don't know what that what that really says maybe they're all just kind of tired of saying the same things over and over again but i think it's also you don't want to put down the rookie you know what i mean like it was fine Mm -hmm. to say the offense has all these issues because you kind of knew that mitch could take that but at the same time like kenny's gonna probably take some of that personally and Mm -hmm. you don't really want that to be a thing but you but you have to even if it's somewhat muted, like, isn't at the same time, like, isn't that some of the media? Like, I know that I'm not asking as many, like the offense stinks questions. How do you fix it? Because there's a part of me that understands that if Kenny Pickett throws seven interceptions in 12 quarters, you know, that's just part of the game. That's going to happen. You know, he's a rookie and he's thrown into a really bad situation, you know? So it's kind of just like assumed without, without brought up that it's still Matt Canada and he still stinks. But do you like, or do you think that they're looking at it the same way? Just like, eh, it is what it is. We'll learn about a rookie or we'll learn with. Um, a rookie. I think they're looking at it more like these questions have been asked and answered and the results aren't getting any better. So why would they feel yeah. any different? Um, True. And I guess that's just why people aren't asking as much as much kind of like general questions about the offense stinks. Like, how does that make you feel? Um, That kind of thing. Like, what can you do to improve it? I think people have been able to get more into the weeds about like, okay. And this kind of leads us into Chase's next kind of comment about like deep balls and kind of the long, the long drives that they have to go on to score. Um, But people are being able to, are able to get more into the weeds about like, okay, we know the offense stinks. We need to like come to terms with that first where does it stink now? Uh, is it is it the quarterback? Is it the play calling? Is it the lack of of deep balls and big plays and things like that? Is it the offensive line, running backs, whoever whoever the hell? Um, but yeah, that that leads into Chase's next comment about like deep balls and these long drives because I think he's I think he's right. Like uh, there were a bunch of kind of drive killing penalties in the Miami game and. Yes. Um, I, I noticed them particularly in the Miami game with Buffalo, you know, uh, yeah, Buffalo one, right. Um, you kind of wiped that one clean, but, uh, yeah, but you could highlight that as the third and one in on the 16 yard line that ended up being a third and 16 leading to an interception because Kenny's got to force a ball into a tight window to Deontay Johnson, where, 
I, I'm looking up that now. Like, I, I don't know what that that play was. That drive was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Th- well, if you count the penalties, fifteen plays. If you don't count the penalties, thirteen plays. Thir- like thirteen. 13- 13 play drive to go 20, you know, pretty much 60 yards, 70 yards. Like yeah. you're just giving yourself too many chances to, to screw up and to put yourself behind the chains and put yourself Agreed. in a bad situation. Um, Agreed. Agreed. You can't, you can't, you can't like, you have to, at some point take a shot down the field. And there have been times like the, the first drive in Miami, that was on picket. You know, he sailed that ball way over oh, yeah. Deontay Johnson when, when he was wide open. Um, there there have been some designs that I've seen looking back at the film where you're like, oh, George Pickens is wide open on the right side of the field going deep. But Kenny's progression starts at the left and works its way to the right. And, you know, that's that's going to get better with time. But at the same time, like if you're a rookie quarterback, you're 12 quarters into football and your offensive coordinator says, look this, look this way. And then look this way last. And the guy open is this way. You're not going to make it to him in time. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to get the ball out of there as quickly as possible. So again, I put that blame on Matt Canada every time. Right. Right. And that seems like a, that, that like order of progression seems completely backwards. Like you look, you look at the deep ball first, because that's the one that usually develops first. That's the one, you know, pretty quickly okay this is there it's not it's the underneath routes and the shorter routes that you can give more time to develop and stuff like that and that will be there if and they will they will be there if the deep ball is not there it's not like the deep ball materializes you know at the end of your at the very end of your progression that like doesn't happen exactly exactly that is the that is the worst part about matt canada's offense is the fact that his progression scheme is designed to look at to look at the guy that's going to take the longest amount of time to get open. Well, okay, so I take that back. So the first read most of the time is Chase Claypool running three yards right right to the middle of the field, like a like a slant comeback type situation. That's always the first read because Matt Canada knows you can't turn the ball over if you just throw it three yards. You know that's just not going to happen. But the rest of the reads are a Deontay Johnson comeback, which. Like, I get it. If he runs it fast enough, he will be open quickly. But you're telling me that you're, you don't trust your quarterback to look at the go route first and then scan the rest of the field and then hit Deontay Johnson by the time he's cutting back 12 yards down the field? Like, how long is it taking this quarterback to run through his progressions? If you see George Pickens not get open on the right side of the field, like, if you do it the other way, the way that they do it now, you're looking at, you're waiting for Deontay Johnson to make the cut. Deontay Johnson isn't open. He didn't make the cut. Okay, Chase Claypool is already swallowed up because his route was three yards. Can't do anything there. Uh, Pat Briermute's in the middle of the field. He was open four seconds ago. He's not open now because he's already way down there. And George Pickens is 40 yards down the field, so you can't hit him now because you're not throwing the football 80 yards to, to hit him in stride. If it goes the other way, just like you said, if George is open, you hit him in stride. By the time you get to Deontay Johnson, he's coming back and you could hit him there. It just whew, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. Yeah, they're making it hard on themselves for, for no reason. 
for no reason. That's a classic Matt Canada. Classic Matt Canada. And then you look at his final comment there, Chase's final comment about how, you know, if it's going to hit, it's going to hit this week. I took that as they've already admitted defeat, that this team already understands that their ceiling is as high as it's going to get right now, that the season is pretty much over for them. And in my opinion, that they have zero faith in the plan that they have in front of them, which stinks, but I think everybody else around them has already done that weeks ago. And now they're, they're finally clicking with that too. I don't, no, if I took I like I I see that. I don't know if I took it as in as defeatist uh a way as you did. Cause I I, I kind of took it to I kind of took it as in a sense of urgency from Chase. You know, he wasn't saying I, I didn't think he was saying, Oh, we're done. I thought he was saying, Look, the preseason is over, like the time for experimenting and figuring things out or kind of getting getting the hang of things for lack of a better term. Should it should have happened already like that? Yeah. If we were as good as you know we were kind of telling we ourselves we were, or if we were, um, if we kind of lived up to to our own talk about how we were going to figure this out, it would have happened already, and we haven't. You know, the results are the yeah. same week after week after week, and we keep talking about how we just got to keep working a little bit harder and keep working every week to get there. Like at a certain point the results have to show up and we're, we're too deep into the season for, for them to have not to. So I guess that's right. defeated in some sense, but no, I, I get what you're saying though. I do get what you're saying. And I could see that as well. You know, I could definitely see that. That's, that's a, that, that could be how he, how he meant that. I don't think anybody in the locker room is like, yo, screw this team. It's over, whatever. I think everybody knows how much talent's here. They just also understand that it has just been a disaster watching and playing and it's been it's been rough this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from prada you can shop for everything on your agenda whether it's a breezy zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright chloe blazer for brunch find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let me ask this. There, Tomlin said yesterday there's going to be no changes to the offense. I don't think there needs to be any changes outside of the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know how well there's, there's now arguments out there of like, you know, if you change an offensive coordinator in the middle of the field, it's only going to hit Kenny Pickett. And then there's arguments of like, you know, I saw Didi Kinkobalo, who Steelers fans are not going to be happy that I mentioned that name, but say that Baltimore did it the year that they won the Super Bowl, but Joe Flacco was a fourth-year guy. Like, it's a totally different situation. But I, it's probably not going to happen, okay? But does it make the Steelers better if they just canned Matt Canada at the bye week and said, we're going to finish this out with Mike Sullivan and possibly stop hurting the progression 
of our rookie quarterback. Well, it certainly couldn't get much worse, right? Like this is one of the worst offenses in the NFL. You can't like it is the worst offense in the NFL. Statistically, like, pretty much the, all the, the 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 room between them and and I guess you could call it rock bottom. Like isn't very far. So I don't think no. it could. I don't think he could hurt you in an irreversible way or hurt you even more than you're being hurt right now. So that's why I don't, you know, it, if I was in a, a leadership position with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wouldn't be as, I wouldn't be, that wouldn't, if I was going to not fire Matt Canada, that wouldn't be my reasoning, you know? Like I, yeah. I think Kenny would be able to, to survive it. I, I, I don't. You know what I mean? That like that doesn't yeah. seem like a any reason to. You're like you're I'm afraid almost, of getting worse. Like I'm almost. Like, I I think that's what some people feel, and I'm almost at point where I watch this team, and it like I think if we're being honest, like the longer Matt Canada sticks around, might be the worst thing for Kenny Pickett. Like people are like, oh well, you're gonna you're gonna give him four offensive coordinators or three offensive coordinators in two seasons. Is that worse than teaching a guy that your progressions are backwards? Absolutely destroying his confidence because your offensive scheme is just so bad and not allowing him to like really do anything. Like you're you're holding your quarterback back so much to the point where all these mistakes are just piling up and mistakes would be fine if there was success with them. If he was throwing seven interceptions, but these games were finishing 24 to 21 instead of 16 to 10, it would be a totally different situation. At that point, you're saying, look, man, we were that close. Now you're just saying we were that close because our defense was that good, not because our offense was good at all. Our offense couldn't do anything whatsoever, but our defense gave us a shot. If you at least find some light, some spark, could get something going, Kenny could throw all the interceptions in the world. That'd be totally fine because he's learning that there is potential here. We could get things going. I could get things going. I just got to eliminate the mistakes. Now, right now, what he's learning is I can't throw seven interceptions. And at the same time, I have to somehow come up with like 14 more points a game minimum. Yeah. So I think it's hurting, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And it's the difference between banging your head against the wall, doing the same thing versus. Literally, just trying something new. Just do something. Just different. trying like, anything this new. Is, like we know what this is. We know what this situation looks like. We know what the results are going to be. Like they feel almost predetermined before. They like oh, from a purely are. points perspective. Like they could, they could win a few games, like scoring whatever twenty points a game, eighteen points a game, however many they're scoring right now. Uh, but like we know it's going to be eighteen, twenty points a game. Like twenty at the yeah. max, like twenty at our most optimistic like estimation. So it's like it's like why I, I I don't know. Like when you know the results are gonna be the same and the results aren't good, why why do you continue to just do the same thing? Because that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I agree. I think it's it's just doing more harm than good right now. I think the Steelers' best opportunity is to just fire Matt Canada at the bye week and say it's over. You know, let's test it out with Mike Sullivan if you walk into the bye week two and six and you're looking at the season going, yeah, all right, well, we're going to just keep trying and things could click eventually. What is wrong with you? Because mm -hmm. 
you're not thinking logically you're 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 blinded by something somebody's got some dirt on you somewhere you know the conspiracy theories are going to be wild and long and screamed from the rooftops if nothing changes and mike tomlin walks in here in two weeks i guess because he won't have a press conference the next week in two weeks and says well you know what guys Things things are gonna click eventually. We just gotta mm. keep keep working and things are gonna be fine. They're not. They're Trust not, me, they're dude. not. Trust me. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see any uh, that was the most ridiculous comment yesterday is when he said, I don't see I'm not I'm not there yet. You know, I'm open to making changes. He did, he did so I got hung up on that yesterday when I'm like transcribing or like, you know, listening back through his press conference. Is like he didn't say I'm not there yet. He said, I'm not there. Like it didn't even like the idea that there is even a point where this could get bad enough where he like it doesn't seem to cross his mind like yep to exactly. get to a bad a bad enough point that he is willing to make changes it's it's so ridiculous and at the same time like i don't think it's all him i think it's art rooney as well i think it's omar khan to some degree i think art rooney's got a big hand in this but my gosh like <laughs> at all three levels if you're art rooney and you're making tomlin sit through sit through this as your scapegoat for this long that's ridiculous if you're omar khan and you're just like yeah well i don't want to fire somebody in my first year get over it and if you're mike tomlin and you're this blind to the situation well every criticism that comes your way should is deserved heavily and maybe your job should be a little bit on the hot seat because if you can't if you can't see how bad this is you are you are ignoring some serious issues within your football team. Easy, easy. But I don't expect anything to happen, if we're being honest. As of right now, I think Philadelphia is going to be an absolute mess. I'm just excited to get out there and eat some Philly cheesesteaks and, Here we go. you know, watch some watch some poor football, I guess. That's 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 the game plan. See how many see how well the defense could do against Jalen Hurts because if the defense can play well against that offense, I feel a lot better about where the defense is headed. Unfortunately, it's yeah. headed there with nothing supporting it because you're still mm-hmm. going to finish with five wins on the season. It is what it is. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere. You get your podcast and check out all our work at allsteelers.com. I'll be back tomorrow with a live stream on YouTube. Friday, I will be here with Derek. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. (laughs) 